And we're in the book of Psalms, the 113th Psalm. So it's Psalm 113. I was looking at the what I should be preaching today, and I most of the time when I preach, I, I'm looking for a series of steps or something practical that can help in, in just solve my own problems. I, I don't always go and say, well, I've got to start preaching to Brother Joe today or Brother Walter or <laughs> Brother Ricky. I don't think that way. I preach to myself. And, and, and so I, I'm usually trying to solve a problem, but this verse came to me and, I, and, it, and it's, it, it's amazing, this scripture, and I, and I learned something in reading it that I have never known before. And I've been studying the Bible since I was uh, as, as old as those boys. So um, I love learning new things. I still do. You're always, you try to be a, a student of the Bible and a learner. So we're in Psalm 113. It, and I'll read the whole Psalm and then we'll come back. Praise the Lord, or it says hallelujah. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore from the rising of the sun to its going down. The Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high? Who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and the, in the earth? He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap that he may seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the, the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord, or hallelujah. And may God bless his word as we have it read into our hearts today. So this, this wonderful psalm, it's, it only has nine verses, but it tells us to praise the Lord. Uh, when you hear the phrase hallelujah, that just means praise the Lord. It has the name Yah, meaning Yahweh or Jehovah or, Je or Yeshua. There's different ways of pronouncing his name and not really are we sure how it was pronounced, but we do know that it signified God. And, it, and, and God told Moses to go and let, uh, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses was minding his own business. He was a shepherd and he saw a burning bush. And he noticed that this bush was still burning and it wasn't going away, it was just burning. And he, he had to go see what this was all about. So when he got there, the Lord said, take off your shoes for the, 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 the ground you're standing on is holy ground. So then the Lord told him all these wonderful things and the thing is, Moses said, well, if I go, who shall I say sent me? You know, I mean, I'm going there and who, who's sending me? What's your name? And God said, I am that I am. Tell them that I am has sent you. And that word I am, that phrase, is the word Yah or Yehovah or Yahweh. And that's the word we use for God. So when we say hallelujah, we're praising the great I am, the one who's always been and always will be, and he is God. And so we start this, this sermon today, and, I, and although it is not a step-by-step -step process for practical application, I think it has more practical application than maybe anything else, because he commands us to do something. He says, praise the Lord, hallelujah. We are to praise the Lord. And I'm thinking about that uh, today, I thought, 
Well, that's telling me something to do. I need to be praising God. I need to be saying hallelujah and say Jesus' name that the Lord is good and bless him and honor him and say good things about him and, and brag on him as much as I can. I find that when things are going bad, if I'll praise the Lord in those bad things, it, it, it helps me through those bad things and it ultimately just is a good test for me. I need to praise the Lord in good and bad times. Uh, it's so important to verbalize our acknowledgement of God and to say to God, Lord, you're great. Your honor is so amazing. You have so many wonderful attributes. I love you and I'm going to talk about you and I'm going to say something out loud that's good about you. Now that's where we don't do it enough. And I think that if we fail to say hallelujah or praise the Lord, and if we're not praising him verbally, then are we praising him? <laughs> I mean, how else are you gonna praise him? Uh, it is, it's important to verbalize uh, our, our bragging on our Lord. Uh, we talk about many things. Oh, I got this great gun. I'll tell about my gun that I got, but will I praise the Lord? Or I oh, like my new car, or do you like this or that? We verbalize our likes. And there's nothing wrong with verbalizing our likes. But if we have the Lord who gave us everything and we don't verbalize our affection for him, what kind of people are we? We're ungrateful. We need to verbalize our recognition of God. He is so awesome. And when we praise him, uh, we need to praise him. Now, notice that he says, praise, O servants of the Lord. So he tells us as servants of the Lord, we need to praise him. We need to praise the Lord. We're his servants. And if you think that that is lowering you to being a slave or something like this, well, trust me, you're better off being a slave in the house of God than you would be to be your own person because you will never ever get higher ranked than to be in the house of the Lord and serve him in any way. So we are to praise the Lord and we are to serve him and, and continue to serve him. He says, praise the name of the Lord. That's why we need to lift his name up. Now, I don't know uh, with 100% certainty what the syllables are <laughs> that are exactly the word that was used to describe God, but I can tell you that whatever you say that recognizes God in your language, use that name. Use the name that you have, and I just grew up Praising Jesus. So I, I, I praise Jesus. I ask Jesus to, to, to bless my family and bless my home and bless the people I know. And I ask for his grace, but I want to brag on him. And his name is very important because your name is an identifier. And when we identify him in front of people so that there's no question as to whom we're speaking, we will be able to carry that name and praise him. So it's a hard thing. Not everybody is geared to being a verbalizer. I mean, it's not always clear. A lot of people are shy and I understand that. That's why I don't want you to do anything artificially. That's, that's wrong. I, I think that you should say things that are within your own personality, but in praising God, it doesn't take some science or formula you just want to brag on the Lord. You could say something like, God is so good to me. I am so 
appreciative to what he does for me on a daily basis. To acknowledge God is, or even when we're talking about politics or whatever, I tell people a lot, you know what? I trust God. I don't trust the people. I trust God. And he's in charge. God is not going to let us down. He isn't going to let us down. We can brag on the Lord, and that's praising the Lord and, and lifting his name on high. So it is an important thing to do. Now, the scripture says in verse number two, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, that's a phrase I've sung through numerous occasions. I've sung the, 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 the many songs, blessed be the name of the Lord. I've read about it. I've read those verses. But it, it came to me that the name of the Lord is a blessed thing. Now, it's hard sometimes to describe blessed things, but I can easily contrast it with cursed things. <laughs> so a cursed thing is something that is not blessed, is going to go into, uh, it's going to die, it's going to wither away, it's going to be problematic and, and give you nothing but grief. A blessed thing is the opposite of that. So, but what he says here, when he says, blessed be the name of the Lord, what's being blessed? The name of the Lord. And that means that when we verbalize an acknowledgement of God out loud, now if you're in your car by yourself, that's a good opportunity to out loud praise the Lord. There's no problem doing it. Use the mouth that you have. The birds sing beautiful music. I'm so glad the birds are not quiet, except for roosters, <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> they can get on my nerves. Not, not truly, because my air conditioner and everything, I, I don't hear the roosters. But, but think about it. The birds have voices, and they sing. We have voices. If we have a tongue to speak, I don't think there's better music than praising the Lord. Blessing the Lord. The Lord's name is when we have placed the, the Lord's name in praise in our life, then what God does is He uses that to nourish the soil of our and the environment of our lives and our homes. Now think about that for a moment. And what did He say? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, you can't have the Lord's name blessed if you're not saying the Lord's name every day, a lot. Think about it. You want the Lord's name to be blessed? Well, say it. Honor him out loud. <laughs> Honor the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, that's not a phrase we, we simply say. It's a fact. When we have the name of the Lord being praised, then that name of the Lord blesses our lives, blesses people. It, it, it's sort of like God's natural fumigation and disinfectant on the environment of our homes and our places in which we dwell. God wants to eradicate the germs of negativity and the germs of falsehood and the germs of evil that are sent by Satan. There's nothing greater than the name of the Lord because at his name, the demons quake and fear. At his name, great things are done. People get healed. Earthquakes happen. I mean, it's amazing. At the name of the Lord, there is going to be such great power. But if we're not using the name of the Lord in our conversation, if we're not 
actually saying the name of the Lord in an honorable and in a good way of bragging on God, then we are failing to get the blessing because what's being blessed? The name of the Lord gets blessed. And if we're not saying the name of the Lord, then we don't have the name of the Lord to be blessed. So that's why I started thinking about this. I said, I just need to praise the Lord and honor him verbally more than I do. And, and he, he tells us, well, how often should you praise the Lord? Well, he tells us, <laughs> verse number two, from this time forth and forevermore, it's applied all time throughout history. And he continues, from the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. So we all day, we should find opportunities for God to help us to acknowledge that, you know, Lord, you're good to me. You have, every time something good happens to you at work, acknowledge the Lord and say, thank you, Lord, for what you did. You did something for me. And when people hear that, that's not threatening to them. That just says the truth. <laughs> you're not trying to beat anybody over the head with your Bible. You're just trying to say, I just bless the Lord. He's so good. He is so good. When we actually use the name of the Lord from the rising of the sun till the going down, when our day is filled with our acknowledgement of who he is and we honor him. You know, like I said about the birds, I don't know what they sing, but I, I wonder that in their own language, do they not praise God in their own ways? Uh, even the wells of the oceans, they, they make songs that have been recorded. I don't understand them, but I think in their own language, they acknowledge the creator. So we need to be, we are designed to be people of praise, to honor the creator. And why should we be different than the animals in that respect? We should be even more grateful to him. And it is not something that applies only to the Bible days. It applies from, the, from that time when it was written till forevermore. So, so this is not something we're ever going to get tired of doing because it's going to be forever, forever. So we need to do it today. And if we want the blessing in our hearts and lives, we need to use the name of the Lord. And it really is a wonderful thing to do. I think God gives us a gift here. He gives us something that blesses our lives. And it's the Lord's name, not my name. It's not, nothing I can do, but it is certainly God. He does great things. Well, let's, let's talk about the Lord. Why should we praise him? What kind of God is he? Well, in verse four, the Lord is high above all nations. I, I, I love my country. I, I, I love the history of our country. I, and I know I just, am, I have one country that's my country of birth uh, and I'm loyal to it and I, and I honor it. But I want to say that the Lord is higher than my country, okay? He's higher than any country. He's higher than all the nations. So he is a priority. He needs to be our priority more than elections and more than anything else because ultimately, if the whole world's against us and God is with us, we win. So we, we, it doesn't matter what the nations do if they go against God because they're going to fall. God's going to win. He's always, always intervened on the behalf of those who love him. So the Lord is high above all nations. Well, that's pretty amazing. But not only that, notice he says, his glory is above the heavens. <laughs> so think about that for a moment. We can think about how big the sky is. It's pretty high. Uh, think about it. Case, you, you ever, ever thought about how high 
the sky is, how far does it go? A long ways? Yes, it goes a very long ways. Well, here's the amazing thing is that scientists spend their entire lives studying the stars. And they use technical telescopes that go beyond visible light to be able to figure out how big the universe is. So they'll look at a screen on a computer and they'll look at that data and, and all they see are numbers and statistics and graphs. They're not actually seeing, they're just looking at numbers. And they're so fascinated by the expanse of the heavens that it's, it, to this day, they do not have really a knowledge of how big the universe actually is. So it goes pretty high if you can't even estimate how high it goes. But God's higher. God's higher than that. He's higher than that. So he's not just above the nations. He's above all the heavens, the stars, planets, everything else, galaxies, whatever you can imagine. He's greater than that. That's pretty impressive. But let's learn more about him because it says that not only is his glory above the heavens, but who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high? And who, who is like the Lord on high? Who can compare to him? I, I wonder why people sell out so cheaply for trinkets compared to God, who is beyond the heavens in glory. Notice, what does God do? Well, in verse 6, it says that he humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth. You know, God is so high that he has to stoop down to even see the stars, okay? He has to bend over to look at those high objects. <laughs> That's how tall he is, he's pretty tall. He's so high that he has to stoop down and humble himself to have anything to do with us. Why should he take time for us? And that's another reason to praise him. He takes time for little old us. He takes time. He humbles himself to look after us. But here's something else he does in verse number seven. He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap. You know, he's mindful of the poor. He really does. He cares about poor people. I heard a story about a guy named Justin McKenna. He was a poor man, and he, he, he used to go to restaurants, and maybe you can identify with him. He, his first thing he would look to on the menu was the price. You know, he looked through the prices. He wouldn't look about what he's going to eat. He was, what is the price? So the, the waitress came to him and said, Sir, how, uh, what can I bring you? And, and he says, well, or what would you like? And he said, well, I'll have the additional topping. <laughs> so when you're only looking at the price, sometimes that's your mindset. But if you are a poor person, God's taking time for you. In fact, he, he really often looks at the poor people more who are genuinely poor. And I'm talking about dust poor. Here's a person, he says, he brings the poor out of the dust. Now, our country, we have been so blessed. This nation has been blessed with so much that in our country, poor people have problems with having too much food. You think about that for a moment. 
Obesity is a leading problem among poor people. So we have a strange idea of poverty today. So when I talk about poverty, I'm not talking about the poverty line, which is always changing, all right? I'm talking about real poverty when you really can't eat and you don't have any money and you don't have anything at all. And God says he raises those people out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap. But I don't think that God's only looking at the poverty that's associated with money or lack of food or whatever. The Bible, I think here, is also talking about when we are poor in our souls, when we literally don't have an ounce of any really great, valuable things in our souls. We're starving in our hearts. And God takes those people who are poor in spirit and he lifts them up. It's, isn't it amazing that Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit? He didn't say the rich. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. It's, it's when we realize that we're really pretty poor inside and we're not really that rich. We really don't have what we need. And God wants to lift us up. His promise is that he takes people from nothing and sets them with the princes, the leaders of his people, whoever they are, whatever that means. But that doesn't matter. He takes us from nothing and he makes us something. That's what he does for everyone who calls upon him, who asks for his help. So important when he does this because he says he raises the poor out of the dust. He lifts the needy out of the ash heap that he may seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. Turn back to Psalm 72, verse 12. This, these verses go along with that. Because I think that God in chapter 72, or Psalm 72, verse 12, gives us a little insight into the needy. So Psalm 72, verse 12 says, For he will deliver the needy when he cries, the poor also, and him who has no helper. I think the greatest thing we can do when we're needy is to ask God's help. Cry out to the Lord. My little cat is a, a dear little creature that we have, and she uh, is uh, very funny because she's kind of got multiple personalities sometimes. But she, she sometimes when she'll come up to me, she'll just out of nowhere come up to me and start crying. She'll just cry, and it breaks your heart because she's got that little cry like, well, you know, help me. She's, she's, and, and, and then I go and look at her plate and it's empty. She wanted some food, you know. She tells me when she has an empty plate. And I, I pour it in and she runs to that plate when she sees me moving to that plate. She, she, she cries. And I take care of a little cat. Well, think about us. Are we not more valuable than a cat? Are we not more valuable to God? Do you think God just likes to see us starve and go without? No, no, no. We, he loves us more than we can love anybody or anything. He loves us that much. And when we cry to the Lord, it says he will deliver the needy when he cries. He doesn't say he may deliver them. He says he will deliver when he cries. The poor also and him who has no helper. So if you feel helpless, if you literally feel like you're alone, if you feel like you don't have a leg to stand on, God will help you if you call upon him. Verse 13, he will spare the poor and needy and will save the souls of the needy. 
That's why I think that he's not just talking about our physical poverty. I think he's talking about our emotional poverty. I think we, we have eaten so much spiritual junk food that our nutritional value, the nutritional value of our daily intake of things through our eyes and ears is so poor. It's poisoning our souls so that we are wasting away in our souls. We are wasting away. Now that's being needy. If you're wasting away, you're needy. And we need to say, God, I have put so much junk into my mind. Lord, I need to have real food. I need something good in my soul. Help me, Lord, so that my soul doesn't waste away. And he promises in Psalm 72, he will save the souls of the needy. He will redeem their life from, the, from oppression and violence, and precious shall be their blood in his sight. You see, God has a plan to take care of the poor and needy and oppressed, and, and you know what his answer is? His answer is, don't go out there and burn down cities and tear down statues. His answer is not that at all. He says, if you're poor, oppressed, if you're being abused in this world, in that case, you know what he says? He says, he will redeem your life from oppression and violence. He will do it. And your blood will be precious in his sight, meaning he will take care of you, he'll protect you, and he cares about you. And he shall live, in verse 15 of chapter 72, and he shall live, and the gold of Sheba will be given to him. Now, Sheba was a famous place that had gold mines of Solomon, evidently, and it was known to be a place of great wealth. But God says, you shall live, that you'll be prosperous in this case. Prayer also will be made for him continually and daily. He shall be praised. You know, the Bible says God's praying for us. Jesus prays for us. The Holy Spirit prays for us continuously. We don't even pray nearly as much as God's praying for us. And he wants to enrich us with real prosperity. Now, I don't need to tell you that when the Bible says the gold from Sheba and all these things, he's trying to use a picture to explain something of great value. But we also know that in the book of Proverbs, repeatedly, it says that wisdom is greater than gold and great treasures. So we know that God, if he doesn't give you gold, I can guarantee you he'll give you something better than gold. Okay, so you'll, you'll never get shortchanged from the Lord, okay? You hear what I'm saying now? You don't have to live your life and say, oh, I don't have X or Y or Z. I, I, I'm, I'm without. No, no, no. You will always have what God wants for you if you're in his will, and you'll be given either the gold or something greater, okay? You will not be shortchanged. God always will take care of you one way or the other. And Jesus said, greater, life, uh, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And there are some people that die because of their service to the Lord. But they are being rewarded too. Because remember what it said earlier here uh, in 72. It says, and he shall live. <laughs> so if, if they kill you for God, you will live. 
And you will have gold. In fact, the streets of gold of heaven, I mean, we pave the streets with gravel and dust and dirt and earth and asphalt. God paves heaven with gold, which tells me that that gold must be one of the least expensive things in heaven. Trust me, God is not hurting for money. He is not hurting for fine things. And neither are we when we are his servants and we call upon him Getting back to Psalm 113, the last verse says, He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord or hallelujah. Not all women have children. Not all women are blessed with children. But the Bible says that if a woman loves God, that they will have a home and have uh, the joy of a mother and have the same rewards. And there are many people today, many mothers who are sorry people, Many fathers that are sorry people. You know who these people can be, or you've known people like this. They don't take care of their children. They turn over their entire raising of their kids to somebody else, and they don't take their kids to know about Jesus who died on the cross for them, and they don't care one whit about the eternal destiny of their kids, evidently, because their lives are filled with hell like everything else. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, folks, in our country... We need to love Jesus and praise Jesus and honor him. But I'll tell you, there are many people who can't have kids. But does that mean that they can't get the reward of being a mother? No, they can have it because maybe God has blessed you with taking care of a grandchild. Maybe God has blessed you with teaching or dealing with kids that don't have parents. Maybe you've had an influence on, on kids that don't really have much of a home, and you get that reward too by taking care of other people's kids. That's no, no shame in that. That's a blessing to you, and it's a blessing to those dear children. It's a blessing, and God wants to reward all people. So we should never look at our lives as though our lives are not blessed. God will give us a blessing if we seek him. But it starts with praising the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing. I, I do believe that the Hallelujah Chorus, which was written in, the, I think, the 1700s, I think that will be sung in heaven. It's so great. It's so awesome. Hallelujah. It's so awesome. And we should praise him, brag on the Lord, because when we name the Lord, <laughs> that gets a blessing in our environment. It blesses us. But if we don't praise him, we don't get the blessing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for these who have come today. Help us to say praise the Lord more often, but not just as a, a tag along, but as a real genuine uh, expression of our gratitude for who you are. And Father, I want you to bless, like you said in your word, the name of the Lord in our lives. And let us never be ashamed of you. It is you who, who sent Jesus into our, our world to die to be buried, and to be raised from the dead. So we have hope. We're going to win. But Lord, I have to say that I worry about so many things. I get upset about so many things. And I want you to get my mind right so that I, I, my soul is not going to be impoverished. I need my mind and my heart filled with good things, not bad. So I want you to bless and help my soul, help my mind, help me, help us all to be filled with you. And may we show our appreciation for you in our conversation, in our way we talk, and, and, and really the peace that you give to us. And Lord, for those today who feel like they're alone 
and feel like they're beaten down, would you lift them up and take away that burden from them and, and sit them among the princes of the people? Please, obey, uh, would you keep your own word to us and help us to do well, our part, which is really just to, to honor you every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand to our feet as we sing this uh, hymn of invitation together. Uh, I, I would ask Rhonda...